This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Welcome to the True Beauty Brooklyn podcast. I'm Elizabeth Taylor. And I'm Alex Shapiro. We are estheticians in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, and we work with really incredible, diverse, ambitious, and driven women that are killing it in life. And they deserve to be celebrated. So on this podcast, we're going to be sharing their stories with you. Yeah, and then in between those interview episodes, we'll be doing segments where it's just the two of us, maybe some guest stars, and we'll be (laughs) chatting about beauty, life, weird shit about being in your 30s, and just learning more about one another because that's what makes us more similar than different. Also, we're a lot of fun, and we We have a super multicultural community, and we kind of think that you might too. So why not talk all things beauty under one black and Jewish roof? Hell yes. Um, (laughs) Also, we'll be answering listener questions, so make sure to write to us at truebeautybrooklynpodcast at gmail.com. All right, guys, so let's jump into the show. Bye. Hi friends. Hey. This is Elizabeth. I'm Alex. Welcome to the show this week. I'm thrilled to share our guest with you this week. So this woman, her name's Debbie Lane. She a baddie. <laughs> True baddie. But I'm really thrilled because Debbie Lane is the type of person that the first time that I met her, I knew immediately that I wanted to have her on the show. And Alex will tell you, most people that I know will probably tell you, I don't stand too many white ladies. And when I say True. stand, like I don't go <laughs> off forever talking about the greatness of that many white ladies. But Debbie Lane, I love because she's just an incredible woman and she's so caring and smart and resilient and kind and funny that she just won me over day one. I just had to have more of her. She's the CEO of Lunchbox Wax, which is a national wax franchise, and she's just the greatest. She really is the greatest, and her story is just, you're gonna wanna listen. She leaves home at 14, Mm -hmm. fucking nuts. Yeah, insane. I mean, just so, yes. Crazy, she takes us on a journey of her working as a sink maker, then she's a travel agent. Mm-hmm. She then gets into the beauty industry. And then before you know it, she's the fucking owner of a big waxing franchise. Yes. It's very impressive. It's really impressive. And the woman is just so down to earth and down to earth, but not. You know, one of the reasons that I really loved her is because I love women who know who they are because it's super refreshing, especially mm-hmm. in a world where 
people don't want us to be strong and brave and courageous. And so when I meet women that are, I just am so drawn to them. And so one of the first days that I met Debbie, one is I told her that I'd love to know more about her and pick her brain. Me thinking I'd love to have you on the podcast. And she answered, well, girl, you can Google me. (laughs) (laughs) And it was one part I was like, who the fuck is this? And another part like, well, yes, I will Google you. And then I made the mistake of calling her business before I knew really about her. I said, oh, well, you're a small business owner. And she said, no, I'm not. I'm a medium-sized business owner, actually. My business is quite big. (laughs) I said, well, damn, bitch. I will Google you. (laughs) But um, she's just a joy and somebody that I really admire and that I'm so happy to be in my life. And I'm so happy that she shared her story with us and now is allowing us to share it with you. Yeah, I'm excited for everyone to hear. Absolutely. So, instead of just gushing on and on, here is our interview with the CEO of Lunchbox Wax, Debbie Lane. Debbie Lane. Enjoy. Enjoy, guys. If you don't mind just saying your name and who you are. Debbie Lane from Lunchbox Wax. Beautiful. And so I guess we should start by sort of saying to the listeners that our relationship began because Debbie came into True Beauty one day and to get her lashes done and was so fabulous. And you started to tell me a little bit about your life and just like who you are and that you're a business owner. And I was so intrigued. And I remember when you left, I said, you know, I'd love to pick your brain a little bit more and just like learn more about you. And you said, sure, just Google me. <laughs> That's the introvert in me. <laughs> no, I loved it. I thought it was so badass. I was like, I could never tell anybody to Google me. That is so dope. <laughs> and, and thinking back about it, I'm like, oh my god, what's on Google? I better be careful. <laughs> Good thing it wasn't around in the '80s, right? Oh, yeah, oh my god. <laughs> Dude, literally, I, can, I can't even imagine. That's how I feel about, like, Facebook. After I graduated college, I was like, oh. this is going to be a thing. Let me just delete this entire account before. Right. Oh yeah. God. So you, True. yeah, we're, like, the last millennials and, and uh, Gen X and Debbie Lane. We're the last ones that are off the internet. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, okay so debbie will you tell us a little bit about where your beginning so where you grew up and what your beginning journey was like yeah so i was born in uh salt lake city actually and kind of bounced in and out of utah most of my adolescent and young adult life and um i was very active let's put it that way <laughs> i i wanted to see the world um I, I i wasn't one for rules or school or any of those kinds of things i was just so curious from you know a super early age and uh i started kind of leaving home when i was about 14 um, and then at, at just before I turned 15 years old, I moved out on my own, quit wow. school. Yeah, I know. Uh, I don't advise that to all the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> what made you decide to leave home at 15? You know, it really was just that um, I, I look back on it now and it really was that, you know, I was super rambunctious for sure. And, and 
Um, I love hanging out with older people and, you know, people with cars and they were going places and different things. And I'm like, and you want me to go to seventh grade? <laughs> Boring. No, thank you. Or whatever it was at that time. But, um, you know, my parents were great. It had nothing to do with that. It was really the fact that, you know, I, I just wanted to do what I wanted to do. And, um, you know, I, I started uh, at a young age, you know, playing around with drinking and smoking and doing all those things that were adult-like. It made mm-hmm. me feel like an adult <laughs> totally. back then. And, uh, and, and it just kind of went from there. You know, I always stayed in touch with my parents and my family. Um, but I was just a free spirit. And I was, you know, I just wanted to be on my own. And Were your parents supportive um, of that? Or were they like, oh, my God, what are you doing? Yeah, they were both. Yes. Actually, at a very early age, they were, you know, they, they didn't want me out there doing that. Of course, like any parent would. But um, I was so strong-willed. It was just like, well, this is what I'm going to do. And, it, you know, at some point, they were just like, okay, well, call if you need something. And um, they were there. I remember them picking me up from not great places a lot of times and, uh, and brought me home. And I would, you know, hang out for a little bit. But then I was off again. You know, yeah. it was just kind of in me to figure things out. I needed to figure things out. And, it must have uh, been like the talk of your family. I still am. (laughs) So what was Salt Lake City like? Well, I kind of bounced around. Like I said, Um, I couch surfed. I, you know, I was on the streets for a little, you know, quite a while, actually kind of bouncing around. Um, And it was scary. It wasn't very Mm. great. I didn't have a lot of good experiences back then. Mm. I thought that they were good experiences, but I, you know, I was just so young, I got myself in a lot of trouble, and um, at one point, I moved to my aunt's house in San Francisco, which was, you know, a saving grace, and there's still such amazing people in my life, and um, they took me in for a year, and I tried to go to school there, and I just, you know, I got there and did the same thing. I was yeah. out, you know, and I look back on it, and it was just really, again, around curiosity. I yeah. mean, I just wanted to see everything. Yeah. That's so cool, especially because today we have the internet and that opens up the world to people who otherwise might not be able to see certain things in certain places and certain experiences. But I love that you just obviously didn't have the internet, but knew that there was something greater for you out there or just greater than what life was shown to you, I guess, in the moment. Um, Was anybody in your life sort of like a free spirit like that? Or did anybody like show you or tell you there's something greater out there for you? Or you just felt this inherently in your spirit and you just had to go? I just felt it inherently. And I was doing a lot of partying back then. And I think a lot of that had to do with just, you know, back then I didn't know um, a lot about myself. And there was, you know, things I wanted to cover up and drugs and alcohol did that, you know, when I was younger. And, uh, you know, I think that looking back, there were a lot of people that were trying to tell me, you know, that's not the way to fill the world out. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, it was just something that I felt I needed to experience on my own. Yeah. No, I love the idea of the pull. Like, I felt that pull also. 
not yeah. so not that so much a little I was a little bit crazy but I came my town was too tiny to do anything really 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 yeah. bad it was like there's only two of us so it wasn't too much trouble that we could get into but I definitely felt that pull at a young age of just looking around and being like Same. I don't know anything besides this but these aren't my people this yeah. isn't for me there's yeah. got to be something bigger than this and like that urge to find it and yeah yeah I remember fighting with my parents and saying like I can't wait till I'm 18 and I can move to the city and that's literally what mm-hmm. I did like, right. yeah, that plane was like girl can't wait till 18 14 oh, yeah. Out. yeah I know I wish I was <laughs> well there are great there were really good parts of it but a lot of you know not so great parts of it for sure totally. and you know and I think a lot of it had to do with um school for me I didn't I didn't, and I still don't to this day learn the same way that they taught in school, right? It didn't work for me. And I I remember sitting in school at a young age and just going, this just is not resonating. Like, get to the point, people, you know? Why do we have to do all of these? Uh, It just didn't work for me. I couldn't pay attention for a long time. And so then I'm like, well, I might as well just go out back with those guys. You know what I mean? Right, (laughs) right. And so (laughs) so that's where I ended up. Yeah. (laughs) That's crazy, too. You were so young. Like, were you scared when you were like, I'm going to go off and do my own thing? No, I wish I was, actually. I wasn't. You know, I, I tease a lot and say I'm missing the fear gene. And <laughs> and I wish I had a little bit more fear in me in, in some ways. It would have stopped me from doing a lot of things that I did. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, okay, so one, I just want to touch on what you were saying about school because I think it's so important. And especially today in an, in an age where we really celebrate entrepreneurship so much more than we ever have, and you see that these brilliant minds weren't made for traditional schooling. They weren't made right. to just sit in a classroom. They had to move and and experience things. And, you know, my yeah. mom always jokes that she's like, Elizabeth, I can tell you a million times the stove is hot. Don't touch it. But you're not going to believe me until you burn yourself. Right. And then you won't do it again. But until that moment, like, there's nothing I can tell you that's going to change your mind. And I think that's, exactly. I, I hear a lot of that in you also. Um, but a lot in, you know, the people that we admire the most today, right? They yeah. have that same, that same really bit of, um, true. I guess, fearlessness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, the creative mind. There are two minds. You know, there there are those that excel as doctors and lawyers and accountants and things like that. And that just wasn't my jam. You know, mm-hmm. I can figure that stuff out yes. any day, you know, all day, every day um, when I have to. And I learn things when I need to learn them, not oh, you need to learn this now because someday you may need that. That just never really resonated with me. And, you know, I have a very creative mind and I always have. And I don't know any entrepreneur that doesn't have a creative side, Mm -hmm. not just, you know, you have to have both sides. And and you look at things and, and you say, oh, my gosh, there's something. I see that, but I see there's holes in it. I see how I can make it better. You're always looking at everything that way. And that's how I kind of looked at life when I was younger, Mm. too. It's just like I I see things, and I want to do more of that. And then once I've done that, then it's time to go do something else, you know? Yes, I love that. Yeah, me too. Just like the never-ending curiosity, an infinite learner. Infinite, yeah, and you can't. You you just and you have to have that curiosity. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to. uh, You have to have that to to be an entrepreneur for sure. Totally. 
So, okay, so when you were in California, you tried school again, and then you were like, for sure, this isn't for me. And then where did your journey go from there? Well, I went back to Salt Lake and uh, kind of jumped back into the same group of friends. So at about, uh, I think I was about 17, 16, 17, I took, just took my GED because I'm like, well, I've got to figure something out here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, my first job was uh, making sinks. <laughs> really? Can you believe it? I know, right? It was so funny. My sister worked there and my friends and they were all older and they, and they said, well, if you just say you're 16, you can get a job. And, and I was in there grinding seats. I mean, we were like, I was covered in dust all day, but that's where I met my first husband. He was actually my boss. (laughs) (laughs) Your rebel streak continues. He wasn't that old. He was in his, you know, early twenties. But um, first you lied to get to the job. Yes, I choosed him. I got got a job as a sink maker. Go Debbie! Yes, I love it. uh, And I met I met Murray was his name is his name. And um, anyway, it was it was a fun job. We had a lot of fun there, and and that's where I met him. And um, he he was a just such a great guy, and he's such a great guy. But. from there, I kind of, you know, he, he supported me in every way. And so I took my GED and I said, I get, you know, I need to do something with myself. Yes. And I always, you know, travel was always just deep down in me. And so I thought, well, why not be a travel agent? And back then, so I went to this little tech school and uh, got my license to become a travel agent. And um, then I got my first job. And, and that's where I started to really notice. I would take a job work there for a while, see how it figured out, and then I would start my own. And that's what I did. Oh. How um, old were you at this point when you started? I was 18. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're like an original freelancer, kind of. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I get in there and I'm like, oh, so this is how it works. Well, I see how it could work better. And I always wanted to be free. I am a horrible employee. Let's just put that <laughs> right out there. Always have. I would, uh, the worst. So uh, it's a good thing I am an entrepreneur. <laughs> they, they would say, wash dishes that way. And I'd say, oh, no, it, I know a better way to do that. Yeah, it, you're pain in the but, ass. And I'll be in at it. 10. Eight's a little early for me. So. <laughs> That's Terrible so employee. Terrible. Anyway, and, um, yeah, so it was great. I... Um, Back then, I you know went from a tr- being a travel agent to um, back then you could buy and sell frequent flyer miles. So I got I understood that, and so I figured out how to uh, place an ad in the USA Today, buy miles, resell them, and make money. I'm like, well, this is way more than travel agents can make, and I get to wow. fly first class and stay in really cool hotels and all these things. So it was all kind of about what job can I do that will allow me to live the life that I want to live at that moment. Mm-hmm. Flipping flight, what is it, travel miles? Yes. Never heard that before, girl. Never heard, I know. Never heard oh, well, it. You can't do it anymore. <laughs> I've never in my I, life I, heard somebody have like the frequent flyer hustle where they're literally oh, living yeah. it for money. That is awesome. And like, <laughs> says so much about it's you. A, it's not a thing anymore. But it was back then and yeah, it was good money. It was I awesome. Bet. So good. 
That's amazing. Oh, man. Um, so, um, no, literally, I've never, ever heard anybody do that, which says so much about your mind and the way that it works and that you created. I mean, have you ever heard anybody doing that? No. That's genius. No. Didn't it was even a back then. That's so cool. I didn't invent it. I just heard that it was going on, and I'm like, well, I need to figure that out. Yeah. You know? <laughs> So good. Uh, okay, so you've got your own company now, Flipping Frequent Flyer yes. Miles. And yes. are you traveling a ton as well, I imagine, living the dream? I was doing a little bit of travel, yes. Not as much as I wanted to. I kind of stayed around and, and uh, I was uh, in my first marriage until I was about 22, 23, somewhere in there. And then I just kind of knew it was time to move on. You know, the, nothing in the marriage. He was super awesome. He taught me so much. He helped me grow up in a lot of great ways. Um, he took really good care of me and it was the first time somebody had you know really done that so it was a really magical time for me I just kind of settled down we got a house did all that kind of stuff you know that people do it later in life, but I right. just happened to be going through my first career and all of that by 20. Yeah. Um, right. Uh, from there, I, I just kind of knew that, um, you know, I wanted to, to figure out what else was out there. And mm. I was doing it for a little bit longer after I left the, left our marriage and I met somebody else, an, an Australian guy, and continued to do travel and travel miles. Um, for a couple more years and moved to Australia for a little bit. Wow. Um, so I bounced around a lot, um, lived in a couple of different places, but always kind of still having something to do with, you know, that travel industry in various forms. Um, I, I did a, you know, I had another business when I was in Dallas, Texas during this time where um, I was teaching people how to open their own travel agencies. And so oh, I gave cool. seminars on people that wanted to do and have their own travel agencies from home. So cute little retired com couples would come in and, you know, they would, it, it, because back then, if you actually owned your own travel agency, you, um, you got the benefit of flying for free, staying in hotels Ooh. for free and all of those things. So a lot of people, um, retired people mm -hmm. wanted to do that from home. So I had... Uh, seminars that I gave in different various places around the country and uh, that was a lot of fun yeah that sounds that like sounds a lot fun. of fun I'm completely of the generation post travel agent so right yeah. I know it was such a big deal back then and that's just the, I mean I think there's a few around but I mean we just all do our own travel now totally Expedia and Priceline yeah. kind of came and killed that right? industry right I had yeah. a client yeah. recently who was like oh yeah we used a travel agent for our honeymoon and I was like oh you mean an influencer? Like, <laughs> yeah. I was like a travel okay. agent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So where are you living at this point? In your, you're in Dallas, you said, right? Dallas in Australia, and then I came back to the United States and uh, moved back to Salt Lake City, reconnected with my family, and I got a job. Actually, this my last job in the travel industry was working for a company out of Japan, and mm -hmm. I, um, that was, yeah, my role there was, um, they had some high-end boutique hotels in Japan that I went over there and visited, understood the hotel, and then came back and gave seminars around the country and this is kind of the theme back I mean you don't do seminars anymore right. we have the internet right right but back then I traveled around to New York and LA and, and places around the country and gave seminars for two travel agents and um 
and uh, showed them the suite of hotels in Japan so that they would sell them to their guests. So that was a really fun, you know, I got to travel around the country for that. So still that, uh, in the travel industry, and I did that until I was uh, in my late 20s, and um, and at that point, I decided that I needed to take a sabbatical. I was exhausted by 30. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say, like, throughout this whole time, what was your goal? Were you like, my goal is to continue traveling the world and building this company? Or were you kind of just like on the hamster wheel at that point and you were just kind of going because it was what you knew? Or what were you thinking throughout this time? I think a lot of it had to do, I, I mean, running is a really good word for me because I was doing a lot of that then. You know, a lot of the stuff that that I was doing in my younger years, drinking and running and, you know, just not really taking great care of myself. Um, the, you know, that's something obviously I realized later in life, but, uh, but I was still, you know, really just not sure who I was. And so a lot of the bouncing around had a lot to do with me just not being comfortable and who I was or what I was doing or where did I belong? And, you know, at that point when I was 30, I did start to realize it. And so I took a break. I left the the, comp- the, the Japanese company and um, and decided I was going to take a year off and go to uh, massage school. And that was my, you know, that was my career starting, my career in beauty, actually, yeah. is when I did that. So I took that year off, uh, went to massage school in Utah, and it was a magical experience for me. It really opened myself up to to myself. It, it allowed me to slow down, and um, I, I decided to take the year-long course because I kind of knew inside that I just really needed to slow down, mm-hmm. and um, and it really did that, and, and you know, being intimate with people in that way is, it was always really uncomfortable for me. I kept people at a distance pretty much my whole life, you know, arm's length, had a lot of people around me, but never, you know, you can only get so close. Right. So it was, a, it was a really nurturing and, and good year of my life. Right. Uh, and then after that, after that time, I met um, my uh, Lily's dad, Lily's my daughter, mm-hmm. And he's an artist. I met him in um, Salt Lake City, and he had uh, an art studio up in Sun Valley, Idaho. And so we decided to move up there. And um, that's where I got my first job at a day spa up there. was doing just massage. And like I do everything, got into the the business, uh, went to work for a woman that had a spa, and... uh, immediately started figuring out, how does this work, this beauty world? How does this whole beauty world? Because it was, you know, I hadn't been involved in that. I was just planning to be a masseuse. But then I got into this whole spa, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. This is mm. this is a healing place for me to be. Yeah. So I did that for, you know, a massage for a while, but then also started working on the business side of things. And then the, the gal who had the business decided she was going to move down to Haley, which is a, a, a smaller town outside of uh, Sun Valley, which is where I was, and so I decided to start my own, and before that, I had taken a break and gone down to get my aesthetics license Mm -hmm. in Burley, Idaho, of all places, and she taught me how to wax, and uh, so I had that under my belt, Um, but, you know, the, the, the real blossoming of my career happened when I opened up my own day spa in Sun Valley, and Mm -hmm. it was... Um, it when was, was just, that? Gosh, I was there for 17 years. So it was the last seven years oh, wow. that I was there. I was in the beauty world. Mm-hmm. So um, 
so I had it for a very long time. Yeah, it was wow. it, it was just such an amazing experience for me, opening up, building it, understanding all aspects of beauty, um, and then waxing. And waxing t- was just something that I loved right out of the gate. Same. Um, I, that was my I first love. In, in isn't it crazy? School. Oh my gosh. Um, I, I didn't, I went to school just to get the license just to wax. I didn't have, wow. you know, I also, um, you know, I did facials and all of those kinds of things and I had a good business with that. Um, but, uh, but my, my love was always waxing. It was fun. You're moving around the room. You've got the music on, you're getting, you know, you're talking to your clients and, um, so that part of my business really took off. Waxing really took off for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think like anything, you know, what you truly do love is, is you know, it's going to get busy for you. And, and it certainly did for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just continued to do that up there for a, a very long time. Um, and then in uh, 2008 or so, around there, the housing crash happened. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people were, um, you know, were having money difficulties and the recession was kicking in and uh, waxing for me just got busier. Yeah. And that was so curious for me, even up there in Sun Valley, which um, I don't, I'm not sure if everyone knows, but it's a, it's a more affluent area of Idaho. It's a ski resort. And so I had a very affluent clientele um, and a, a lot of amazing clients like you guys know right mm-hmm, and you yeah. get to know them and they get to know you they're you know they become family and so I started kind of talking to them about why do you like coming in here so much you know mm-hmm. obviously for the wax and for me and um and and I was doing that while I was trying to kind of build my idea around a wax only business mm-hmm. you know again looking for something that was going to be the next level for me with yeah. my beauty career. So, um, so in 2008 is when I really started to um, take a look at it as a business and built a business plan um, and started shopping it around um, with a lot of my clients and said, what do you think? And mm. um, it was just an overwhelming, oh, my gosh, you need to do that. I, you know, I, I, I would love your waxing where I live. A lot of them were part-time. And, um, and so that was kind of the birth of, uh, of Lunchbox. Yeah. I love it. And I think it's at, also at such a great time because I remember, okay, so I came of age during the, I was probably like 14, 15, 16, like when Sex in the City was first doing like their Brazilian, you know what I mean? When people yeah. were like openly talking about yeah. Brazilian waxing, right? So I'd been waxing kind of as soon as I had pubic hair, I was getting it waxed off. But yeah. it's, a, it's an interesting time because it didn't exist in the United States before then. Like getting a Brazilian wax, yeah. not period, especially not in a nail salon, it didn't exist prior to the year 2000. And so you were... I think especially not for just like regular people yes not for exactly not for just regular people a hundred percent so I love that the timeline is so brilliant like you're really at the beginning of what we know now is just like every day like who you know everybody gets a wax for the most part and seeing the lipstick economics part of it yes you know obviously when there's a pandemic involved it's different but (laughs) in normal times a recession does not necessarily mean that it will affect your beauty business Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. Really and, cool. and it did affect, you know, the, the bigger services. The yes. people weren't doing those as yes. much. Yes. The uh-huh. big facials and body wraps and those totally. kinds of things. Yes. Um, but, but people that were coming in and waxing just kept getting busier and busier. 
And at that point, I'm, I, I decided, well, I'm going to hire somebody and try to teach them my technique mm-hmm. um, to see if I can duplicate that. Oh, so it was still just right? you at this point? It was just me at that point waxing. There was another gal that was waxing for a while. And, um, and so then, you know, I hired... Uh, a, a gal, Lumi, who's still with me, oh, and nice. um, and she uh, she went to school, got her license, and was waxing. But it, it was really around number one: can I replicate my technique? Yes. And um, and number two, I need to find more hair. Yeah. Because <laughs> I had waxed everybody in Sun Valley pretty right. much. So. <laughs> So I knew, you know, I I wanted to try it out in a bigger market. And um, so I spent a good year working on the business plan itself. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have the money to start a business at that point, another business. And so um, I showed it to a couple of my guests. And one of them was um, so kind. And she gave me my first loan to start. And we, it was such a big deal and so we we decided to Lumi and I decided that we would open one up in uh, Boise Idaho she would move there full-time I would go back and forth so that I could fund it because I was making you know money in Sun Valley so I was going back and forth between Boise and uh and Sun Valley and and that's really when you know it really started to blossom it's like we know we have something really special with the wax. And, and of course, we had, had come up with the brand itself, the name Lunchbox and the logo. I love and, it. And that was an immediate hit. <laughs> Everybody just went crazy over that. So we knew we had something super magical there. Um, but we wanted to test it out in an area that would probably be a little bit more difficult. Uh, Sun Valley was a very contained audience. Mm-hmm. and. Boise was very conservative, right? Mm. And we're like, okay, well, if we can throw Miss Box into Boise and she can make it there, <laughs> she can make it anywhere. <laughs> yeah, so, that's so smart to go True. into a conservative area first and see yeah. how this does. Like, that's very, very smart. And it's usually, I think, kind of the opposite of what people do. Usually they're just like, okay, where do we know that this can succeed? Totally. And you were the yeah. opposite. Like, let's see where this might possibly <laughs> fail. And if it doesn't... <laughs> Then we're then we still have Sun Valley, right? You yeah. know, that how was, was it. it. How was it at the beginning in Boise? Did it like take off immediately or was it um, kind of hard to get people to be into it? It took off very, very quickly. Word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. And people were coming in for, uh, and it really was literally word of mouth. We weren't able to put our uh, sign up until it took us almost a year to get our sign up. And we were on the second floor of an it was an old insurance office that we made into waxing suites. And, mm-hmm. so, um, so we, uh, um, you know, we just did our, our on-the-pavement marketing, getting out every day and handing things out and getting people in, um, advertising in really small ways. We just didn't have, you know, the money to do anything big. But the word of mouth was um, like wildfire. It yes. was so great for us. Yes. People were talking about our technique. And then we got our sign up, and it just went bonkers. People mm-hmm. were taking picture of the sign every single day, all day. We call them our boxerazzi. They were literally outside <laughs> taking pictures of our sign, putting it all over social media. Yeah. And it really just started to take off then. So it was it was pretty fun. I remember you kind of mentioning that people were giving you a hard time at first, like in Boise, because... Yes. As you mentioned, it's conservative. And then, like, at first, the name Lunchbox Wax, they didn't get it. But then once they knew what you were doing in there, they are like, wait a second. <laughs> wait a tick. 
<laughs> Wait a second. And that's exactly, it was so great because when we would watch people <laughs> taking pictures or they would look at our sign and then they would, it would, they would take like a second and then we'd be like, oh my gosh, I see what you just did there. Right. <laughs> I love it. Wait, I and that's the reaction that we wanted. You know, that's yes. the reaction that, that everybody wants when you're building a brand. You know, I, I didn't want to just call it something, you know, benign, you know, Debbie's Waxing Salon or something like that. I knew if I was going to come out of the gate. And at that point, I had already done a lot of research on, um, you know, the other people that were in the wax only industry. There was only one big one at the time. And um, again, without, you know, missing that fear gene, I, I always... I didn't see them as, oh, my gosh, they have 400 locations. I went at it like, well, how am I going to beat these guys? Yeah. Right? So that's little, what I was just Debbie. thinking. Did little Debbie. Have, I know what company you're probably <laughs> referring to. Did they have a location in Boise at the time or not? Or no. Do they have Mm-mm. one now? They do. I think that I, there's a couple of, there's quite a bit of waxing there uh, in Boise now. Got yes. it. So you kind wow, of you were there first. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah. Is, it is really cool that you were just like, I don't give a shit that this huge um, franchise has hundreds of locations. Like, well, I'm going to stand out from that. But also that well, means that there's plenty of opportunity. If one company is taking over totally. all of, you know what I mean, is is dominating, right. that means there's plenty of well, opportunity for somebody else to come in and do it di- better, if not different. Different, if yeah. not well, better. Well, for sure. And that's yeah. how I proved out my business model, right? Yeah. I, I use their business model like any anyone would when you're doing that and I also again like I do you know I went in and I looked and I I got waxed over and over and over again and I um you know I saw so many ways that could be improved Mm -hmm. um you know I wanted something that was more modern I wanted something where I felt connected to the person that was giving me the service I wanted to feel like I had just had an experience none of that was going on um that I could see or feel and that's what I had in, in the day spa. And I wanted to bring that environment into the waxing world. Mm-hmm. And that was going to be my differentiator. Yes. I love it. I think that's a great differentiator. So you, as a, as a past employee of a large um, waxing company. <laughs> <laughs> and so let me ask you. So I know, uh, we'll tell the listeners. So you're now uh, nationwide. I made the mistake yes. of calling you a small business owner once. And you said, excuse me, I am not a small business owner. I'm a large <laughs> business owner. Don't get it twisted. And I was like, I love you, Debbie Lane. I'm sorry. I love you. <laughs> so how many locations do you now have? We have 50 now. Yes. Um, wow. Yep. Open. We've got a lot more in construction. We're going like gangbusters still. Wow. That's and so cool. Yeah. I think we have, we have over a hundred uh, sold. Um, we've even been selling during, you know, during the pandemic, which has been great. We sold wow. 28 units this year. That's so awesome. it's been well, yeah, I imagine yeah, people, people who wanted it. to do it, they were, like, taking the plunge. They had some time to uh, research and think about it, maybe, and understand that it's a great business model. Well, it is, and I think people, you know, they, they had time to look around, and there's a couple of, you know, things that are so great about this business. And um, you know, our brand does pull people in. I mean, mm-hmm. most people that, that find us, either, you know, guests or people that are interested in owning a franchise, are attracted to the brand. You know, mm-hmm. first they're attracted to beauty, and then they're attracted to the brand. And 
um, and, and our culture, you know, when they mm -hmm. start to do research on it. And, um, and that's so important to us. And it's uh, all of the things that, that are, you know, important differentiators, people get it. And that's what I'm the most proud of. And, and you know, building the culture and our waxologist community and, and, you know, all of the things that we're able to do in training for all of our young women. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the, the business really bubbled up for me when I, you know, I had a couple locations and before um, I even thought about franchising, you know, I knew I really wanted to do something. And I was going through some big life changes at that time of my life. And I knew that I wanted to be able to give back in some way to young women that, um, you know, and I pictured myself as a young woman, mm -hmm. you know, how, how can I help young women that maybe didn't, weren't able to get four-year degrees, and, and so many of them go into the beauty field. Oh, my God, field. you're making me teary-eyed. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and it was, it became so important to me, and I think that this was when I said to myself, I want to do this business with a purpose. I don't want to just, you know, burn and churn another business. I mm -hmm. really want to be able to make a difference in young women's lives, and that's when it started to, you know, really bubble up about franchising and, um, and how do we want to build this business? And I hired a, a, a woman named Carrie Morgan, who's our VP of culture, and she's been with me for a very long time. She was a mentor to me personally before she came to work for us. And we started building the company around this culture mm -hmm. and how can we empower these young women and have that be the core of our business and how can we show up in our communities and and it just started to really really blow up from there mm -hmm. um, and then I just followed the light you know it's like this is what we're meant to do and um, these you know waxing is good money for young women you mm -hmm. guys know that mm -hmm. and um, so what what a great way to help them understand not just business but how marketing and and you know working with intention and integrity and authenticity and we have you know lunchbox university that we built that teaches them all these things and how to be mindful and so when they do you know go decide to fly the coop and be something else if they ever do they they're going to be leading with a lot more skills than just waxing and you know i think that's something that people are really drawn to they feel that as guests when they walk in the door, mm -hmm. um, that difference, and then people that are interested in, in purchasing franchises, it is absolutely what separates us, not just in the beauty industry, but from franchises in general. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott, or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, two things. One is you kind of mentioned this to me in passing. I'm interested to know how you went about figuring out how to franchise your business. <laughs> but two is uh, yeah. just this is maybe like a comment, but I love that through franchising, it's you got to do 
your mission twofold, right? And so it's yeah. not even just directly these women who are actually waxing, but then also the franchise owners. So the right. franchise yeah. owners become small and medium business owners, and then yep. they have these other women who are, and men, yes. people who identify as women who are working for them, and they also get to learn these skills. So you are like double passing yes. on yes. this. No, and it, it's that's even awesome. more than that. And that's what, you know, bubbled out for me when it started. I was on a retreat when this kind of all was coming up for me. And, and it really is, it's like, you know, what are my passions? My passion is being an entrepreneur. How can I pass on you know, not that I'm the best entrepreneur in the world, but I want to share what I know. Mm -hmm. And how can I help other people that want their own businesses? And then they help these beautiful young women. They then go out into the communities that mm -hmm. they're in and, you know, they work with their guests who then go out. And if, if all of these experiences are authentic, it just ripples out. Yeah, and I kind of pictured that. I pictured that in such a in, in such a beautiful way that you're like you know if, if 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 you come in for a wax and you have this amazing experience and uh and and connect with this young woman and then you go out into your world she's she's going on and doing yeah. her thing but you're also going on and doing your thing as the guest after you've had this experience and so it really was something very very um meaningful to me mm -hmm. and I felt like there was a lot of a lot of sitting and and allowing a lot of things to bubble up for me when I was you know kind of building this out mm -hmm. yeah I always say that we sell self-esteem here and mm. yeah I mean it's you are a hundred percent in so many ways and I say we sell self-esteem because self-esteem is more than just like I look good it's taking what you feel here and putting it into the community, right? Being able to say right. to somebody else, like, oh, one is like, oh, do you need help with that? But also, like, girl, you look beautiful because you don't yeah. feel, you know, you feel beautiful and you don't feel um, in competition with anybody, right? Because you're, right. you're strong in yourself. Man, I don't know if I've ever and actually it, cried it on is, this. It, Doing an interview before, I'm really, like, tearing up. It's so beautiful. And it's also well, my mission, but it's such a, it's so lovely to hear. It's also very refreshing because, in our industry, there are just so many jobs out there, and I would say that a lot of them, maybe even most of them, are not very caring. It really is just a job. You don't get yeah. to feel this way at all. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've worked for a big waxing company, and it wasn't all bad, but that culture, I feel like any good culture we have was because me and my coworkers who were close and had been there for many years made it that way. It wasn't made yeah. for us at all. It, I feel like it was actually made opposite in some ways and so it's very refreshing for me to hear this it's and, true um, no this oh, is in our industry coming from you've you've mentioned before like when alex first started working with me i said do you realize like how powerful you are because i would see these women come flocking from like all over manhattan crossing the bridge for the first time to come get a wax or a facial from her and i said did you ever know that what a great leader you were how powerful you were and she said no my other job used to do the opposite they would tell me they make us feel like mm. we weren't shit and it's so yeah. it's like that does nothing for anybody, for any community, like especially as women and especially when we're offering this incredible service. Like it's the opposite exactly for what you said is we have a power as estheticians and as beauty therapists. Yeah. To, I never yeah, felt to, empowered there. Ever, yeah, it's ever. crazy. And it's so. What we want young women to do and all of us is we want to step into the power that we have. Mm -hmm. Right. And and when you're feeling your authentic self, you, you do that. And so. We want to nurture that, and we nurture that in Lunchbox. We teach them how to work and support each other, you know, other, mm -hmm. all of the girls. You know, we, we want them to 
uh, we teach them how to work as a team and how to, mm. you know, how to speak to each other and why that's important. Everything has a why to it. It's not just do this. This is it. Let's do it this way. And this is why. Yes. So we take it that extra step. Yes. And, you know, it's a place that they can heal and they can be honest. And all of those things are I mean, you, you hear about, you, you, you know, it's all part of who I am. It's all this healing journey that I've been on. Mm-hmm. All of the things that I needed to heal from, I'm passing on as, oh, my gosh, who doesn't need this, yes. right? Yes, Um So it's, it's been an incredible journey. Yes. Another thing that I will say in praise of you, you know, I think I feel very lucky that I got a four-year degree before I got my aesthetics license, so it came in business-minded, like, okay, this is how we're going to turn all these great, like, feel-good feelings into an actual business. Mm-hmm. But a lot of women go into this industry because they don't necessarily know what else to do or because it's cheaper than getting a four-year degree and, mm-hmm. you know, right. maybe they nobody taught them um, anything, whatever, what have you. So what I see, which is unfortunate, is a lot of people who seem to be lost in this industry that can offer them so much, but they don't know how to navigate it and they don't know how to tap into that. And especially because society tells, well, the patriarchy tells you that vaginas are disgusting. So if you're waxing a vagina, how dare you even think that you might have right. any type of leadership or power or right. happiness can make a career or can make it. a career out of it? Oh, I've had so many clients even ask, like, oh, is this like your full time thing? Right. You know, like not understanding yeah. that it could make me enough money or that it could give me enough fulfillment. Yes, totally. It's such like a weird, oh. And I, I get it, you know, but it is slightly offensive. Well, yes, um. but that's why it's, that's why I love what you're doing and why I think it's yeah. so important to talk about this, especially to women who are considering jobs in this industry is it is so incredibly fulfilling and it is so yeah. it's such a gift to be able to give people and especially because the patriarchy is trying to tell us that we ain't shit and that you can go and make a woman feel great by making her vagina look banging, right? Yeah. And send her <laughs> into the world with that? That's awesome. And yeah, there's a lot of money in it. And there's a lot of money in it because of that exact reason. I, I remember when I was uh, up in Sun Valley and uh, somebody said, uh, I was at a, uh, at a bar and I, one of my guests was there with her husband who was an attorney and uh, he was, a, he was a, a young attorney so he was just kind of getting going but he said, I just can't believe you even you could even make money doing what you're doing. And, and and I just kind of snickered going, you know what? I'm making probably double what you're making. Yes, honestly. Yeah. Yes, honestly. Right? Yeah, it's true. It's, it's so, it's so yeah. true. So while I was in esthetician school, I didn't know until I was there that I loved waxing, like slightly more than I liked doing facials. And I was like waxing all my friends at home, like after school, whatever. And then when I started at the waxing company that I worked for for like six years, I remember being so scared. I'm like, how am I going to make enough money just from doing these waxes? I didn't even know. I had no idea yet what it could be. And it was so crazy. And it's still kind of crazy to me. Like this guy's reaction. I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, I still every now and then I'm like, it's crazy that money can be made from this. But, but it isn't, it isn't well, crazy. If it was men, if men were getting waxed, man, I can't even imagine like the setup that they would have. It's just because it's something that women do and we're yeah. taught to be shamed and all this stuff right. that it's this, you know, thing that's kind of secret. I can't believe we can make money doing this. Like, no, of course you can make money doing this. There's yeah. half the population, the 100% of the population in America, you're supposed to be a smooth dolphin from like birth. It's true. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And the only way you get that way is from <laughs> us. So, yes, there's a <laughs> Or when clients are like, oh, like, 
Do you even do a lot of Brazilians? Like, doesn't everyone have laser? I'm like, girl, no. it doesn't matter. No, no, no it doesn't not matter. at all. So I, I feel so inspired. Super inspired, honestly. When I first met you, th- that was one of the reasons I wanted to speak with you because you have done all the things that I'm still in- inspired and working towards doing. And it would probably would have been very normal of me to be uh, intimidated by you and to feel like, oh my God, this woman is just coming here because she wants to open up her own wax chain and she wants to see what I'm doing here. But I never <laughs> felt that at all. I always felt yeah. like, here's a woman who's so open and so genuine. And I know if I asked her enough questions, she'd be so happy to give me the answers. And oh my gosh. Do you know what I mean? And, and so one is thank you for that, but also just like I'm a huge believer in see and do. And once you see yeah. something, you can become something. And you've yes. shown me that my dreams are able to come true for sure. So thank you so, so much for that. I was nervous when I waxed your daughter for the first time. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good wax. <laughs> she was the sweetest thing ever. I'm like, even if it was a bad wax, she'd be nice about it. But <laughs> Oh, she, she would. She'd be, oh, no, that's okay. I only need half done. You're, you're <laughs> oh, wonderful. So <laughs> <laughs> She's so sweet. So funny. Um, and then I guess the last thing that I'll say about Debbie Lane is when I first met you, you were going back and forth between Idaho and Brooklyn still. And yes. then the second time I met you, you were like, oh, girl, this is for me. I moved here. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I love it. Yes, and I, I guess I just say that because New- I always say New York is either for you or it isn't. And I love that later in life, you found your people here. And you're just oh. like, I can't go back to that place, Idaho. Brooklyn is for me. This is great. Yeah. Yes, I do. I love, I do love Idaho. I, I, you know, I think that I've grown out of it. That's just what I do. You know, I don't know that I'll be here forever in New York, but right now it is definitely my place. I have completely fallen in love with it. It's, um, uh, especially Brooklyn. I didn't know much about Brooklyn. I've been to New York a lot. I'd never spent time in Brooklyn until I moved my daughter here and, uh, fell in love with it right away. Yeah. It's so great. There's a reason I've been here for 14 years. Even though yes. I said for the last, like, 10, I'm going to leave soon. No, we're not going yeah. anywhere. We can't. <laughs> Especially these days. We need to rebuild. Um, yeah, and what a time. I mean, that's the thing. One of the things that was so incredible for us during um, the, you know, as the pandemic was going on and, and so, you know, having to close down all the salons and, and the emotions for, you know, I mean, oh, my gosh, my poor little heart. I swear, I, I could visualize all of the girls all of our, you know, franchise partners, and it was just such a difficult time. And um, but we 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 stayed together. We we you know the the community that we built, the lunchbox community that we have built, is like family. It's it really is different than a franchise. We did build it a lot differently. Um, when I you know when I when I started this business and decided to franchise, I didn't hire anyone with franchise experience. Everybody I hired, I wanted them to bring something to the table that you know, was culture and, and branding and all of these things. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, when we were going through this, this uh, you know, this time where, where we were all in so much fear, I just, you know, I remember saying to them, you have to trust me. You have to trust me on one thing, if nothing more. I built this during a recession. Mm-hmm. People are not going to stop waxing. I promise you that. When the doors open, hairy beasts will be lined up <laughs> down the street. And we opened and had record days yes. in every one of our salons. It's just something that is, 
you know, people are not going to stop waxing. They don't. And it just gets busier and busier. Our male clientele grows like crazy. And, 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 yeah, we do. We do men zillions. And um, there's not a lot of places we don't do men. No, really wants to, but maybe, maybe Lily will train you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'll do a trade with her. Well, you need one more part of that trade. Right, right, you right. To... Yes, true. <laughs> you got to find a ball. You got to find somebody that's going to let you do that. Oh, it's so uh, funny. Uh, yeah, no, that's, uh, yes. Also, thank you for sharing your story about being resilient during a recession. I think, I mean, yeah. we're right, not even close to the end of the pandemic. We're in the middle of it, 100%. Yep. And uh, this is a great time for people to probably switch careers. And it is such yeah. a, you know, I mean, this is, and in the beauty industry, and we know that, that it does well during um, recessions, but, uh, but certainly waxing is just one of it. I mean, people can still usually afford to get, you know, a, a $40 wax. Totally. You know, I, I remember when I was waxing, people would tell me they would, you know, they will eat top ramen before they get up give up their Brazilian wax. Yeah, I mean, that. it is. Yep. <laughs> Tell you what. So, I mean, you could, you could pull 10 women and, you know, eight of them are, are people that would never give up waxing. In it, it, It's a huge market. Totally. And we're all taking so many vitamins now. Hair is growing in double time. Like Right. Thank goodness. Yes. Yes, We, we should hand them out, right? Uh, yes, lunch I know. Like, I'm, I'm lunchbox lunchbox hair vitamins. Vitamin B vitamins. <laughs> I love it. Do you have an I didn't know then, but I'm older now to share with us? I should probably tell you. Oh, you've got so many. I wish I would have known then that I know about myself now Mm -hmm. that I'm a horrible dancer. I am the worst dancer you've ever seen in your life. But in it, but it, when I was younger, I thought I was so good. Because you, Debbie Lane, you do not. You it, just, doesn't, it doesn't it matter. matter. Yeah. You wanted to dance, oh, it, and so you it danced. It should matter, though. It should. I'm that bad. I love it. Me too, girl. If it makes you feel any better. It's the one Thank thing I can you. take my black card for. I'm a bad dancer. And I think I even get worse as I get older, if it's even possible. Yeah, because you get you lose fucks. You've got so like you've got oh. no fucks to give at all oh. that it's just like I can't even imagine. I can't. I want to go really dancing cute. with you. No, uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I have officially retired from dancing. When we're even allowed to dance. Again. I, I know when we're allowed to dance when? again. Okay, so. Uh. Where can we find more information about Lunchbox Wax for the listeners? Where can we direct them to? Lunchboxwax.com. Perfect. Easy peasy. And on Instagram, the same. Yes, we're Lunchbox Wax everywhere. Love it. I can find you guys on Instagram. We follow them already. Oh. We, I just send you, you I send you lots of messages. Just, I stand you, Debbie. <laughs> 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 like, 
like she thinks I'm nuts, but I don't care. You need to. Uh, everybody should hear that every now and then. <laughs> uh, uh, well, thank you so much for chatting with us. You are so, so 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 incredible. I tell oh you every my time gosh. I see you, I hope that you know how true that comes from my heart. I think that you're an absolute incredible woman and such an incredible person to have in my life and to look up to. So thank you so much for blessing us today. Yes, thank oh, you. Thank you guys both. I feel the same way about you. Hey guys. Hi. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Debbie Lane. Is she not the fucking coolest? Dudes, I st- I already said it. I stand Debbie Lane and I try to let her know at least once a week because I think that she's just such <laughs> at least once a at week. At least once a week. <laughs> she's such an incredible woman. She's just so incredible and giving and I was just saying to Alex like talk about an abundant mentality like she yeah. she's it. so inspiring I feel so inspired I'm like I'm gonna start a franchise not really but I but that's it made really, me that's next but it, but it made me feel that way yes and her message and just her goals as far as owning this company mm-hmm. are awesome. Yes. And so much different than what we're used to knowing in the beauty industry. I think in so, most corporations, right? Or, you yeah. hear yeah. about people really wanting to empower their employees so that they can go on to be better versions of themselves whenever yes. they leave that job. It's far and few between, but you definitely don't hear about big companies doing that at all. No. Mm-hmm. She is she's unique in so many ways. Yes. Her whole life. Yes. Has sure. been pretty unique, but it's all worked out so well. It and her journey was so. I feel like her whole journey was so meaningful, mm-hmm. and it all needed to happen for her to be where she is. Truly, yes. right? Yeah. And just for her to like wind up being in Sun Valley, Idaho, and everything that that guest she had, who you know helped her make this investment. Just everything she did and everyone she met had really had a purpose. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that says a. Probably more about her than it does anything. You know, we all meet people every single day, and I think it's it's her that yeah. makes, makes connections that makes with connections people. With people makes them love her and stand <laughs> she, her. She made a guest love her enough that she's like, I'll give yes, you some money. I'll give you some money, and I love too that her first employee, like she sent to learn how to wax. She wasn't even a waxer. Yeah, she was like, come join me on this adventure, and she was like, all right, Debbie Lane, and she's still with her, and she's still with her because Debbie Lane's the best. She really is. Um, as soon as I met Debbie, I was like, she's going to be on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. She's incredible. She's so cool. You can Google her. You can. <laughs> she likes to suggest. But her. it is cool because there are some cool articles about her. There are. And, and you'll see how pretty Google she is. And I, and I texted Alex and I was like, I just met the most incredible woman. And yeah. she told me to Google her. Here's her picture. <laughs> yeah. I remember this. I remember it. Yes. And then when I, when her daughter came in and I waxed her, I was like, oh God. Yeah. So scared. And then the day that Alex was coming and I knew Debbie Lane was coming, she goes, how does Debbie Lane usually arrive in a limo? <laughs> the way that Elizabeth had described her to me, I was just like, this bitch takes a limo. Or like this magical unicorn yeah. creature who just arrives in a Yeah, or like on horseback. In 2020, right? Like... <laughs> anybody from Idaho so y'all Idahoan she's really making you guys look great Never honestly though and so sweet like I love them yeah same <laughs> same <laughs>
but you should also follow Lunchbox Wax on Instagram because they're a cute little company. Big company, I should say. Big company. Don't ever get it twisted. You should also follow us on Instagram. Yes. True Beauty Brooklyn Podcast. We are a small business working towards <laughs> Debbie Lane's status. Please follow us. A large business. Um, also, you can follow us at Just True Beauty Brooklyn. That's the beauty studio on Graham Alvin Williamsburg. Yeah, check out uh, TrueBeautyBrooklynPodcast.com to learn more about our incredible guests. It needs to be updated, I'm not going to lie. Going to update it now. Don't look yet. (laughs) And come hang out with us if you want to get your own wax or your brows or facial. We can be reached at www.TrueBeautyBrooklyn.com. That's where you can make an appointment. Do not call me. Do not just show up here. Just go online, guys. It's super easy. Don't call me. Don't call me. People be calling and I don't answer. So now the world knows. <laughs> Just go online. Or you can text. But don't text for an appointment. Because I'm going to tell you to go online. Yeah. <laughs> Do it the legit way, you know? But we'll see you guys next time. We will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.